keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts and the roast of the British Bulldog. Before we get to the show, Zach is back. Zach, we missed you. Thanks. You That's still the- got it. <laughs> <laughs> you still got it. We actually came up with the theme song for uh, his re-debut. Well, it's the Zach show. <laughs> it's the Zach show tonight. Oh, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, but today we are roasting the British Bulldog. Before we get into our show this week, uh, next week is our big SummerSlam episode when we roast The Rock. We're also going to announce our October roasts. There's a lot of fun stuff coming up. Week after that, we got JBL. Week after that, we got Lawrence Taylor, the headliner of WrestleMania 11. I think that's the only thing he's famous for. The Bella Twins, AJ Styles, and the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, This week, something of sports entertainment. We got Monday Night Raw. And this week's Patreon, we're doing Wrestling's Dumbest Criminals. Next week, we're doing the first ever TNA pay-per-view, which you can get on YouTube. I'll tweet a link out to it on Friday, so... You guys can watch it. August 30th, we've got the roast of Vince Russo and the reverse battle royal at TNA. September 6th, we're off. September 13th, we're doing all those bright sides. We never got a chance to. That's going to be Bret Hart, Goldberg, the Hardy Boys, Million Dollar Man, Big Show, Shane McMahon, and Baron Corbin. September 20th, we're going to be doing uh, probably the WWE pay-per-view. September 27th, WrestleMania 2, October 4th, the roast of Alberto Del Rio, October 11th, Halloween Havoc 1993, that's Vader and New Jack, I've never seen it, I am pumped, October 18th, Wrestling's Darkest Crimes, October 25th will probably be the WWE pay-per-view, whatever that is, and November 1st, the roast of Nick Gage. Now on to this week's episode, the bright side of the British Bulldog, we can't license uh even that fair use music that, that's how low we are in the totem pole we cannot we can't even license happy birthday but i thought that your version of it sounded like something from a nintendo video game <laughs> <laughs> robert you start out what did you like about the british bulldog before we bury him i like that he said fook that was always entertaining uh, the british bulldog was peak if you were a kid of the 80s and early 90s, this was peak WWF character. Uh, you, He was a big jacked up dude who had a bulldog and, and had a crazy looking physique and was somehow related to Bret Hart because at some point everybody was related to Bret Hart. Um, he was a great wrestler at a time when you didn't really know what a great wrestler was other than the Vince McMahon model. He was, he was, uh, he was big, he was powerful, his power slam looked good. And he was a guy that would always get a reaction from the audience. I think he was beloved by the by the fans. And it was one of those stupid things that I noticed still happens to this day 
like as a wrestling fan, you would get excited when you were in when they were showing something from the United Kingdom. You're like, oh, they're going to be so happy to see their guy. And they would go ape shit over the British Bulldog. And I feel like he was the template for you're going to be super over in your country. And whenever we go there, we're going to push you, except for for one small instance. Um, I, I think it's it's unfortunate that uh, some of the best work of his career was not really seen by a lot of people because it took place in Japan. And in the WWF, a lot of the guys that he dealt with were, were guys like the Warlord, where you knew what you were getting. But when when he was in there with a, a talented, capable worker, and I know we're going to talk about it later, he was really able to deliver. And, and I like the fact that uh, Harry Smith's continuing his legacy uh, and hopefully we'll get another opportunity at the WWE. Um, I enjoyed working with Harry. He had really reverential things to say about his dad and uh it's uh, it's going to be uh, this is going to be an interesting show. Scott, what is your opinion of the British Bulldog? I think the British Bulldog is the first wrestler I ever heard of. Uh, I had a neighbor who loved, you know, you forget when you're a kid, the reasons you get into stuff. And my buddy just loved English Bulldogs. And so there was this guy, the British. Sean Donnelly? <laughs> no, I didn't say is an English Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he loved the british bulldog because of bulldogs and i i wanted in uh he might be the reason i checked out wrestling before austin blew up maybe i don't know my age you know it's hard to figure out exactly why i love wrestling but i know the british bulldog is one of the reasons i knew about it definitely one of the reasons i i sought it out uh and I like him. I've always liked him. I think his matches were great uh, with Dynamite Kid, obviously, as the British Bulldogs. And even later on with Brett, I, I know he had a lot of issues and stuff, but I was always rooting for Bulldog, man. As a kid, you don't know about those problems, you know? So it's all just very, uh, oh, this guy's great. I wonder why he's gone for a year. Oh, he's back. That's great. You know, I, I didn't question much of it. I just loved the shit out of him. Uh, I think he you know, for better or worse. And it's clearly worse. I mean, he looks like a pro wrestler. Nobody looks like the British bulldog. And, and none of us, I think are going to say he has the best physique, <laughs> but, <laughs> but my God, he was shooting for it. Wasn't he? I mean, literally, literally shooting for it. <laughs> Especially when you look at like, cause you could see in those like tag team days in the eighties. to when he is a single star, there is a, huge fucking difference dude you got to see him when he's young because he started wrestling when he was 12 so there oh i, I saw some you know you got videos too. of this is like a 17 year old 18 year old and it how does one gain that much weight how, how do your bones not crumble he dude, looks it looks like, like chris evans in the beginning of captain america <laughs> yeah. here's, here's the answer scott not naturally <laughs> <laughs> he summoned the power of the bulldogs <laughs> I, I love the British Bulldog, though. Yeah. Just... Like, were you a British Bulldog fan? No. You know, I, I, I like him. Here's, <laughs> here's I, I, I got to sound Mike better, like, something less honest. Like, be like, Mike, did you uh, not vomit when you saw the British Bulldog? <laughs> somehow get him on a positive note. I was going to say, like, the, the, the biggest bright side that I have about the British Bulldog is, you know, uh, in a 30-man Royal Rumble, he deserved to be there. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> I think like he's not someone I think about individually, but when I 
go back and watch all of those classic shows. And he's in a lot of them. Um, you know, he basically had these two WWF eras, right? In the tag team with the, that early Survivor Series. You ever see that, Scott? The first Survivor no. Series tag team where there's literally 20 guys in the fucking matches. No. And nobody and thought to block it. the cameras. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like five different tag teams and uh, it's crazy. And, and they're in that and they're at WrestleMania 3. So, uh, and WrestleMania 2. So, you know, they're in a lot of the early stuff, him and Dynamite. And the thing is, it's like when you, when you watch them as a tag team, you're looking at Dynamite as this guy you've heard great things about and you're not seeing it because he's past his prime. But then British Bulldog is the guy who's going to come into his own. So he's actually more exciting in those matches because he still has potential. And then, I mean, look, he's a guy that was perfect for the Intercontinental Championship. The you know, I know it was the first European. He's the uh, longest champion. reigning European, which I felt good about. And then I went, but how long? That was only around for what? And uh, well, they, they just forgot years. about it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because Delo had it, but. Uh, <laughs> I will but not the, stand I for your D'Lo Brown you know, uh, besmirchment. Yeah, yeah when, that's, you know, yeah, D'Lo blow, Mike. <laughs> D'Lo blow. Like if you ask me to rattle off like ten, you know, WWF superstars, he's not coming up. But if you ask me to rattle off twenty, he is because he's not in WrestleFest. He's not in some of the games, but then he's in one or two of the or uh, the console games. Like that's that's what you kind of remember and, and figures and stuff like that, the pop culture stuff. And he was there and he wasn't. I don't really know anything about his attitude era run. Was anyone excited about that? No. I remember he wore jeans sometimes. Yeah. Right? He, yeah, he wore jeans and then he was miscast a couple times in it. And then they thought that he was going to be a main eventer and he was not. And they realized that pretty quickly. And that was sort of not as not as big of a fall was like the Scott Steiner run, but he came in. They he tried to injured. put him. I mean, was he injured at that point, or was that the one? He was coming off. Yeah, he was. He was injured. This was coming off another round of uh, battling demons, and uh, he never really got the opportunity there. But he wasn't really that kind of a main eventer. It's like most of the best stuff he did was as a part of something else. When he was part of the Hart Foundation, or he was part of Jim Cornette's stable, he was a good accompanying piece to that he was never going to be the lead and the few times that he was the lead he was the perfect guy to main event and in your house when he main evented against diesel it's like all right that works well that i mean that 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 was pretty bad that it, match, it, Robert but, it wasn't a good match but he's good for that role of he's the guy that can fill he was great with uh cold day in hell him and brett had that december pay-per-view in your house match where they both got busted open that was that was a great match i love that match. robert I, I have a question um if you work at WWF, even for the briefest amount of time or longest amount of time, do you have to call all problems demons? Yes. That... <laughs> it's, like... it's, it's, it's why I, I haven't worn a belt in years. <laughs> uh, I asked my, where, where's my, where's my, yeah, where's my title? Where's my, where's my at what point, like how many wrestlers have to die before we just say pills and alcohol? No, 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 Mike, they, they don't die. They've just gone away, they but they may come back down the road. Also, when you do that many pills, you you are literally 
probably seeing demons. Like, <laughs> sure Davy was fighting demons as well you as know, there's a bunch of fucking demons. In yeah. <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> I always felt bad for I always felt bad for Davy Boy in the in there was the brief window right after the screw job. And they had it where like him and Neidhart thought that they joined DX only to have like Sean and Hunter low blow them and just like beat the shit out of them. And they were never seen again. I'm like how hard up for money was he at the end of his contract to even agree to that? It was uh, that was rough. And it's a yeah, shame he never got a proper send off. Well, and, and also, I, I think a big thing about Bulldog looking back is the what could have been. And. It is a guy, you know, where you, you do have this, uh, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, you have this legacy of the hearts attached to you, but you're not a heart and you are very physically intimidating. Um, and you do get this moment with Brett at Wembley, but your demons, uh, you know, fuck it up for you, kind of. And by deep, we were talking about Dynamite Kid, right? <laughs> also, Scott, he, he was a heart. When you marry a heart and you're from okay, Canada, okay, you're yeah. basically... They're all related. It's like his his mom's uh, nephew was the was dynamite kid, and then he he married uh, Brett's sister, and then was fucking Bruce's ex wife. Like it's this weird incestuous uh, world my, up my there. My question is: Are there like no women in Calgary that like you just have to date like your brother's hey, sister? You want some women over here? We got baloney and cat <laughs> and available yeah. women for you it's pretty much heart women and caribou those are your only options when you're up in canada i, I don't know mike have you ever headlined the laugh shop in calgary no i, uh, I did I it was one of the most miserable experiences of my life and i had to like walk in a snowstorm to get like poutine somewhere it was it, it, there really isn't a lot to do in calgary which is weird because there's a lot of money in calgary because it's a big oil town um I'm, keep I'm in mind right. lance storm is one of the most positive people from calgary that's yeah. really all gonna, you need to know. I was Calgary say, is if Texas, you're, Canada. If you're raised by a single mom uh, because your dad's not there, you're probably a heart. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go through my notes for, for the old Davy Boy Smith. His match with Brett at Wembley, which we'll get to, was fantastic. The Calgary Stampede match. The 1995 Royal Rumble, where he was the runner-up uh, with Shawn Michaels. Um, fantastic. Uh, the Hart Foundation, him and Owen coming together with Brett making him come together on that Monday Night Raw, I thought was really great. Uh, British Bulldogs, one of the best tag teams ever. He was an intercontinental champion, two-time European champion, two-time hardcore champion, two-time tag team champion, member of the WWE Hall of Fame, wrestling observer, finishing move of the year, 1984, feud of the year, 1997, and tag team of the year, 1985. And most importantly, his son, Harry Smith, is a really great wrestler. I'm, uh, I'm going to be looking forward to him in NXT and WWE. And he seems like a great ambassador for his legacy. And I think it's also kind of funny that he slapped the shit out of Jake the Snake at a fan fest. Uh, but, uh, Probably deserved. Like, let, yeah, let I mean, nobody, nobody tells that story like, oh, Harry, come on. I just wanted to say, too, have you have you guys all seen that Canadian Stampede match, the, the 97? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. yeah. There, I think we reviewed it for any, a Patreon yeah. a while ago. But yeah. besides besides punk winning in in 2011 in Chicago, is there a better like freeze this moment in time and preserve it in a fucking snow globe moment like for yeah. the all the people involved? <laughs> because it's <laughs> like it's so electric. I mean, they're they're fucking like massive stars. The treatment they get that match is incredible. Austin is off the fucking charts. The hearts just feel like these badasses, and then, 
everything else in life happens. But that one moment is like one of the best moments ever in wrestling. Oh, it's the happiest you're ever going to see Steve Austin because this is peak babyface Steve Austin. But they boo the shit out of him and he loves being a heel. And it makes it so much fun to watch because he's having the time of his life. And this is the pay-per-view before SummerSlam, right? So he's at like the tippy top peak of his physical abilities. Yeah. Put him in the snow globe with the hearts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Folks, let's get to the roast of the British Bulldog. Scotty, you want to start out for us, maybe? Oh, sure. <clears throat> British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. He was English, but could barely speak it. <laughs> he died at the age of 39 a lot of people think that's sad uh, but hey that's 273 in dog years <laughs> so sad about he really was like an english bulldog in that his body shape doesn't just exist in nature it's very <laughs> obviously made in a lab and against god's wishes uh when he died they told harry he went to a farm in pennsylvania <laughs> Davy Boy with braids inspired the Baja men's Who Let the Dogs Out? <laughs> his mentor, I didn't even think about all the dog jokes I could have gotten. Oh, yeah, brother. That's all I got. His mentor, <laughs> his mentor was Dynamite Kid, which is like learning the ropes from Denzel Washington in Training Day. <laughs> he was listening to a ring general when he should have been listening to a surgeon's general. <laughs> Being on the road with Dynamite Kid in the 80s. Oh, my God. You imagine him going to see a movie. It's just dynamite rooting for Freddy Krueger the whole time. <laughs> That's what happens when you have a dream. It fucking kills you. <laughs> dynamite had the idea of British bulldogs after hearing the phrase, all dogs go to heaven and thinking it was a legit loophole into getting out of hell. Uh, enough dog puns. Uh, but, but Brett does seem like he's neutered, right? Like Brett has a neutered personality. <laughs> Uh, and finally, I didn't have a lot this week. A trap door almost killed him. So that's another thing him and Dynamite's wife probably have in common. <laughs> oh, Scott Chaplin, everybody. Michael Lawrence. All right. Today we're roasting Davy Boy Smith, the member of the British Bulldogs that was nice enough to not make his wife take care of his brittle body for 15 years. <laughs> None of our roast jokes will be as mean as Brett's compliments about him. He was a good worker when he shut up and listened. He had some great tag matches, but only against me and Jim. <laughs> Dynamite Kid took him under his wing and taught him everything there is to know about feeding an innocent dog laxatives. <laughs> the British Bulldog left his humble beginnings in England to pursue the American dream of wrestling the Warlord on four different pay-per-views. <laughs> he defeated the Warlord, but later died because of the powers of painkillers. <laughs> Davy was a big fan of Doctor Who can refill me Soma prescription. <laughs> 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 Davey permanently injured his back in WCW when he took a bump on the trap door the Ultimate Warrior was going to pop out of. That's how amazing the Ultimate Warrior is. He can end your career and not even be in the ring. <laughs> Last week we roasted Lex Luger, and this week we're roasting Lex Luger with a British accent. <laughs> he talked like if Eugene had William Regal's accent. <laughs> British wrestling is like British comedy. I guess someone finds it entertaining. 
<laughs> Baby was trained in the dungeon and married Stu's daughter Diana because he just loved being fondled by a heart. Hey there, love, can you put on an old man mask and choke me? Reminds <laughs> me of the good times in the dungeon. <laughs> Diana Hart is a lot like Princess Diana, only her family is just royalty in their own minds. <laughs> and also the car crash that is her life keeps going and going. <laughs> they have a son named Harry who looks just like his dad. It is very unfortunate. <laughs> he has his father's eyes and his father's inability to be a main eventer. Oh, Jesus Christ. There goes Robert's friendship with Harry. <laughs> we can cut it. We can cut it. Uh, ah, fuck it, keep it in. <laughs> the way you can tell racism in England is worse than America is because Davey thought it was okay to have a black girl's haircut. <laughs> Who does he think he is? Brandy Savage? <laughs> <laughs> it was so nice of Sonny to let Davey put her anal beads in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Davey had such a big heart. That was the actual cause of death. <laughs> Finally, when he died, he had two separate funerals and Brett was at both of them, which means we'll never know which one Brett thought was the better funeral. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, my, my first yeah. joke was uh, a Rosenberg's Bulldog. Davy Boy had two funerals, but Brett won't stop burying him. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only guy in history whose British accent made him dumber. <laughs> if he was still alive and on Conrad's network, his podcast would be, what the fuck? <laughs> he had the body of a Greek god, the hair of a white woman back from the Bahamas, and the cheeks of a chipmunk facing winter. <laughs> He's the only guy where being rock-bottomed into dog shit isn't their rock-bottom. <laughs> His best matches were with Bret Hart, according to the esteemed wrestling book, Hitman by Bret Hart. <laughs> Dynamite Kid had his teeth knocked out by Jacques Rougeau with a bag of quarters. Davy Boy couldn't help because he was changing. Bret couldn't help because he was in the ring. And Bruce Hart couldn't help because he was too busy picking up the quarters. <laughs> in WCW... He was injured by Ultimate Warrior's trap door, which sounds like the fake butthole Jim Helwig made to capture gay guys. <laughs> <laughs> you may remember him partnering with Lex Luger from me just saying it right now because none of you remembered. He had a, a bulldog named Matilda because he wanted a pet with Stu's breathing pattern. Hey, Davey, you, with them pretty braids, you look like Helen. <laughs> Davy Boy was there when a Marine beat up HBK, but he couldn't get out of the car. You know, Sean's a dick because the excuses over why no one helped him were terrible. Cops didn't file his police report because they were too busy washing their hair. <laughs> he died of a heart attack with an EA, not a heart attack with an A, which are the YouTube comments Brett leaves under Triple H matches. <laughs> he ran off with Bruce Hart's wife, well, slowly walked out while Bruce yelled, what's Vince's number? <laughs> in 2000, he was accused of threatening to kill his wife and her sister, but got off when the jury listened to the recording and couldn't understand what the fuck he was saying. <laughs> Did he threaten her life or order a meat pie? <laughs> and finally, he got arrested for beating up Cody Light at a bar, which is also what Mrs. Marshall calls QT when he fucks her. <laughs> Oh, Robert Carpolis. 
<clears throat> Davy Boy's physique came from steroids. But given that it was the 80s, if a wrestler wanted to push, he was going to take a shot in the ass one way or the other. <laughs> the British Bulldogs were accompanied to the ring by a real-life Bulldog named Matilda. Though as far as 80s valet went, she was still more fuckable than Sherry. <laughs> At WrestleMania 2, the British Bulldogs had Ozzy Osbourne in their corner. The three men bonded over a love of drugs, speaking unintelligibly, and hating their wives. <laughs> Davy Boy was involved in an altercation at a bar when a patron named Cody Light supposedly hit on Diana. Smith claims he was innocent and that the other guy powerbombed himself. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure Cody Light is QT Marshall's nickname. <laughs> uh, great minds think alike. Bulldog was a member of Camp Cornet. You know, Jim doesn't get enough credit as a great manager when you consider that Bulldog, Owen, Vader, and Yokozuna all went one-on-one -on -one with The Undertaker. <laughs> Bulldog team with Lex Luger to form the Allied Powers A team so unpopular fans would rather root for the Nazis <laughs> On an unrelated note, they did face the Blue Brothers <laughs> Last week you guys all talked about how Lex Luger had a butter face Davy Boy had a trying to take a shit face <laughs> Bulldog team with Luger so Vince could save on postage when he shipped them their vitamins Bulldog was the first European champion, but that's only because Reginald wasn't in the company yet. <laughs> Ironically, being told European in a cup was what usually got him fired. <laughs> During his last run, he wrestled shirtless in jeans. His new character, abusive stepdad. <laughs> Smith's doctor said he died of natural causes, which was the only natural thing about him. <laughs> Finally, Davy Boy Smith sadly died of a heart attack. When asked for comment, Brett said he could have delivered a better one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rest of the British Bulldog. Uh, rest in peace, British Bulldog. Uh, ain't that swell? Today we're going to be talking about British Bulldog versus Bret Hart, the famous 1992 Wembley Stadium match, which we all watched this week. Uh, unbelievable match. Great, great story. This may be one of the best face versus faces match ever. Um, you know, like it's one of those, it's one of those matches where the power slam shouldn't have finished it because the real finish was the handshake. Uh, Brett took a better buckle bump than anybody. And you could tell Brett was really enjoying being a heel. Um, and Vince was actually pretty good on commentary for, for Vince, you know, usually Vince is a little bit ham fisted, but for the story, it really worked. What, what did you guys think of this match, Mike? Yeah, this was, you know, this is a classic. This is, I remember watching this as a kid, you know, I, I didn't say this in the bright side, but because wrestling is wrestling, I didn't think the British Bulldog was actually British for many years. I figured it was a gimmick because I'm like, well, the Undertaker is not actually dead. He's just doing a shitty accent because he is that bad at promos that I would just assume, you know, again. Uh, a, a guy named Jim Nelson was Boris Zukov, so why wouldn't he be, you know, uh, not British? But then you see the reaction he gets. I mean, this was like an all-time moment. 80,000 people. Um, the fucking, the Vavuzula really pissed me off in this match. That, you know, that like, I guess like every European stadium thing has to have that fucking thing. Uh <laughs> But the, the match itself is amazing. I do not believe Brett 
or his book that this is a hundred percent carry job. If, if we are, we, we are here to praise the British bulldog. I will say in his defense. Yeah. Maybe he was out of it. Maybe he was on drugs, but he's carrying his weight in this match. This, I don't think you get a match of this level with just one person, you know, what, what do you guys think that, or do you think that's just Brett hyping himself? It's the it's most tough. modest wrestler of all time. I don't think he's hyping himself. That's a tough, yeah. So, so when I first uh, heard about this, Brett says that Bulldog was on crack. And anytime yeah. someone says crack, I go like, oh, this guy doesn't know drugs. So you just yeah. say crack. <laughs> it sounds like a fucking like a loser thing to say, you know, like you hear about crack in school. Uh, it, means, it means that like Brett watched 10 minutes of New Jack City in his hotel room as he was cheating on Julie. Yeah. Yeah, but then I heard another interview with, and, and I'm forgetting who it was, but they nonchalantly mentioned how Davey was always smoking crack in the back. And I was like, oh, okay, this guy was doing crack. So was he on crack? Maybe. Did that make him impossible to work with? Maybe not. You know, I've never done crack. It's probably awesome the first few times, right? Especially like in a packed arena. That's actually uh, our Patreon for November. We're all <laughs> going to do crack and then watch uh, Dynamite. And roast Nick Gage. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I don't completely believe Brett. You know, the one go-to is that moment where they replay constantly where Brett goes to dive out of the ring and Davey's supposed to catch him, but Davey's too close to the ring, but then Brett grabs him and pulls him back, and it's like, oh, it's a, a brilliant idea I had to grab him by the back of the neck, and it's like, Okay, but you also could have heard him. I mean, you didn't, but you could have. It's all just very, like, it all looks kind of like an accident, and it's not that impressive. Uh, and also, I, I, I wouldn't blame Crack for something like that. But I, I don't know. I think the match is amazing. I think the way it's shot is, is a really big deal to me. Like, you, you watch this, and you go, who directed this? Like, like, there's certain matches where the way they're filmed, it's just better than other matches. I thought the Rumble was like that a few years ago when, uh, I guess, Drew... Drew won, Lesner right? Won it. I mean, no, Lesnar was in it. And Drew yeah, Lesnar was in it, man. It's just filmed different. Maybe because the size of the arena, you have to film differently. Yeah. But goddamn, every time I just go, this is a great movie. I'm enjoying oh, it's this got, movie. It's Kerwin Silphies is the guy who directed that. Boom, there we go. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And and I, I, I read this article from Brett about this match where he said that, uh, he's like, you know, my problem with it also is he's like, he said that, uh, Davey was too busy looking out at the crowd at the end of the match when he should have been just looking at him. It's like, can Brett just stop being Brett for a minute? I mean, you're in your home country, 80,000 people. This is like, look, this was his pinnacle. He probably knew that in some ways. Let the guy just fucking soak it in. Well, it's like when Sean won the title and he's like, Brett told me to get the fuck out of the ring. And it's like, what the fuck were you doing in the ring? Like after the match, roll out, dude. I was working on my pathos. <laughs> but and, and I, I like it. I mean, I want you guys to talk about the match, but I do think it is important to talk about how much shit Brett talked about Davey. Just like after yeah. this, I mean, there's so much shit talking. You know, mad at him for going to WWF uh, after mm -hmm. Owen passed away. Uh, meanwhile, he went to WCW with Brett, right, originally, and he got hurt. You know, one of the reasons that he was so addicted to stuff and was so fucked up is that injury with the, with the trap door uh, that was planned for the Ultimate Warrior, and that was in WCW. And I know you can't blame Brett for that, but uh, it, it just I, – I, to, to be mad at him for going to get money when you clearly know 
uh, his life and what he's been through, I think is really cruel uh, and shitty to, to not speak to him because he went to a company when you're responsible, you know, like, I, I'll get, I'm, I'm someone who also doesn't think the WWF is responsible for Owen's death, though, so maybe I, I, I'm in the minority or something. But do you guys have a take on this? It's super funny. I, think, I, mean, I, I think, think that, I think I the WCW is more responsible for Davey Boy's back injury than the WWF is responsible yes. for Owen. Yes, for sure. That's yeah. true. It's very negligent to have a fucking trap door that someone pops out of at the end of the night and everyone just is supposed to wrestle around it. It's yeah. very, very, very sloppy. And I don't know if there was a lawsuit. There should have been a lawsuit. Uh, yeah. What the Brett, fuck? Brett is um, <laughs> unable to see anybody else's side in anything, <laughs> like, ever. Like, it's just, there's never, it's never, like... Like, like, let me look at, let me look, well, maybe this actually somebody like this sees it differently because they weren't making the money that I, I keep, that's just not in his, you know, in whatever skills he has as, as a, as a person, as far as emotions, and he was not built with that. Because all of that is self-preservation, right? He does all of that to preserve his legacy, but now that's just become his legacy. <laughs> well, and, and then that- also, when, when did Brett come back to WWE? 2010 2010 and then he well, left. Uh, 2006 when he first oh, when he first patched thing. up we, okay yeah. so see 2006 and he left in what he, he got screwed in 97. 97 97 i mean cm punk has been away from wwe longer than you know brett was away from wwe yeah but hold, hold on no no brett brett left his his leaving was better his departure was better fans missed him more uh, uh, i'm just saying to be mad at davy and then you 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 know you make up in 2006 or 7 just fuck off it's 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 very annoying very disrespectful brett I makes mean, up it, his own rules and and what sucks is as soon as you said this is the match we're covering i knew the conversation was going to go this direction because i i remember watching this match i loved this match this was again peak like young fandom my like the first match that turned me around into understanding pro wrestling as an art form as opposed to just the Hulk Hogan show was SummerSlam 91 and Brett and Perfect and being like, holy shit, this is amazing. And then going a year later, when it's SummerSlam 92, you're main eventing with the Intercontinental title. It's in this packed stadium. It looks like there are a million people. And this felt like the largest audience outside of WrestleMania three. They were passionate. They loved it. There was emotion to the match. You had Diana there and it was the whole, is she rooting for her husband or her brother? It was a beautiful story. And then Brett has worked so hard over the last several years to mar this to the point where it's difficult to just enjoy this match on its own. Because all I think of is him saying, oh yeah, we first got in the ring and and Davey just goes, you know, I'm fucked. I don't remember anything. And you're like, well, this and now it's like I'm looking at this. Is this the case? Is it not the case? It's like when you go back to watch some of these classic movies and then you hear all these horror stories about what happened during the production of it. It's like, let me just enjoy The Wizard of Oz without knowing that Judy Garland was forced to have an abortion. Like, let me just like it, BuzzFeed. Um, Bret Hart is human BuzzFeed. Hey, don't give Vince any ideas. (laughs) It's it sucks. And it's one of those things where there's so few matches where you say the match and everybody instantly knows what it is, where it was and what happened. There's a handful of I mean, it's like you can say Hogan and Andre, you can picture it. If you said Brett and Davey, even though they wrestled a few times, you know, it's this match. And this was hugely important. The disappointing part of it is this was the the, the pinnacle for Davey Boy and everything after this was just falling action. 
and, and that's what's kind of unfortunate about it. But the, the match itself delivered. And I got news for you. If this is how he wrestles on crack, there are a lot of wrestlers who need to start smoking crack. Yeah, isn't this a testament to like him in a way? Like it, you're able to smoke crack and do that. Yeah, you know? this is like a like, pro drug uh, wrestling yeah. match right there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Also, it's crazy they never went back to Wembley. I don't think they still have. I know there's the time difference and all that, but this feels fucking epic. Like this, and and this is like I, I've read disputed, which means Meltzer probably, but the eighty thousand people thing. But it's at least probably seventy five and. Well, there's a conversion the next, rate. The, <laughs> the, next, the next mania is the Caesar's Palace one, less than 17,000 people. So it's like, this was, because this was also the end of the Hogan era in many ways. And he's not even on the show, but the, because you had Savage and Warrior again, you had this, and then, you know, you're going into new generation right after this. Like, this is the debut of Nails, I think, this show. <laughs> yeah, but this show also has the the awesome Legion of Doom coming out with motorcycles down that very long ramp, which was cool. And there's so, I mean, if you watch this show from beginning to end, it is so heavy-handed with the British stuff. It's like as if Vince discovered England and is trying to teach us about British culture. This is why for decades after, anytime you're in England, it's always, there's a double-decker bus, a taxi, and one of those phone booths. Like, look at what these people live like. Because, you know, like, I think, like, Americans as a whole, like, we like wrestling, but British fans are the most rabid fucking fans. They're the, they'll, they'll, they come to WrestleMania not even knowing the card just to be here and watch all the shows and shit. Like, I don't get how there hasn't been a mania in England, like, how there has it it's the time make- thing right that's it's the, the, idea. It's the it's time the difference time. issue but honestly i mean they used to do the, the british only pay-per-views which i used to be jealous of when it's like oh it'd be so cool to watch you know insurrection or whatever but you couldn't see it they did when the network started they did that pay-per-view in japan yeah. where it was live in japan it's like do a live pay-per-view in, in england at this point like for peacock they'd be thrilled it doesn't need to be a wrestlemania it can just be something where it's a five-hour time difference so you can adjust accordingly. And if it's a Sunday afternoon show on a weekend when there's no football, who gives a shit? People are going to tune in and watch it. The thing is, you know, it's like you have Drew who would be super over there. And if the audience hears that, they're going to love it. The thing that was always death was when they would do Raw from the UK. Robert, let's see how this sword story turns out. And then we'll see if we super <laughs> over. Um. First of all, his sword is is the ghost of Matilda the dog manifested. <laughs> Which is a perfect transition to show and hell. Uh, what I made you guys watch this week was the promo uh, from, uh, what's this, what's this, Sean Mooney cutting. No, this, to, was, this was uh, Craig George. George. Oh, Gregory George, I apologize. <laughs> yes, Craig um, Minervini for, for, for those of you Florida Panthers fans. Craig Minervini, uh cutting to the British Bulldogs who had just had their dog Matilda stolen by Bobby Heenan. Uh, and they are drunk <laughs> in this. Like they are like, they remind me of when I apologized for something I did drunk, but was drunk during the apology. Like it was the same sort of like that, that's sort of cadence. Um, I don't know. What do you think of this, Scott? It, it, I, my promo on them is that uh, that scene in Billy Madison, but it's just me telling them to stop being drunk and going out and finding that goddamn dog. 
<laughs> yeah, man, I think this was funny. Uh, I uh, uh, again, I actually do like Matilda. Uh, I like the idea behind it. Mike mentioned something in in a, in one of the roast jokes about about it uh, having diarrhea. For those that don't know that story, it's insane. It's like uh, so. Davy Boy was throwing. Davy Boy didn't smoke cigarettes, but he threw. He would get ga- he gathered cigarettes and threw them into Jake's snake's bag to piss the snake off. He thought it was funny. Mm. So then Jake was like, was like, I know how to get back at you for abusing my animal. I'm gonna abuse yours. So he gave Matilda a bunch of laxatives and it like shit all over the place. Which you could poor animals, man. Laxatives. Oh yeah, yeah. It fucking and a lot of them died too. It's Jesus Christ. Like. Yeah, let's give a drug addict a pet. That seems like a great idea. <laughs> hey, it's worked out great for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I will, I will, I will give Vince props for not having Ming eat the dog, or I say props to whoever talked Vince out of making Ming eat the dog because you know that was floated in the writers' room at some point. Uh, but yeah, Haku back in the days. Haku. Ming would eat dogs. Haku wouldn't different character that's you're right you're right i apologize um what was i gonna say too we we originally i I think we already talked covered it on the show we already covered the alex wright promo that he did right yeah yeah okay so and you know bulldog i mean him and luger that's what their that's what their gimmick should have been as a tag team like like just (laughs) fucking panicked pro the panicked promos yeah this is this was uh interesting like because it was short they were definitely fucked up you know this wasn't the first take and yeah Davey was always so bad like when you watch you know the iconic 92 rumble and his his like 20 second promo and that feels longer than anyone else's where he's like i'm gonna win because i won the royal albert hall battle royale at royal albert hall (laughs) it's so fucking terrible i mean this was like at least you had uh, Billington there too, uh, so they could be fucked up together. And uh, you know, I will say because none of us mentioned it in the roast, uh, and maybe we should have done it for this. Fucking, we've all seen Cheatham at Beach Blast, right? With Sting. Yes. Yes. That's that's hilarious too. Where that because that that felt like the biggest push that he got as like a major face. Um. Yeah, he was just never good <laughs> talking. Who would you rather party with for a weekend, the British Bulldogs or the Steiners? It's the like, British how Bulldogs. would you rather die? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think it's it's a hundred percent the Steiners. Um, because a, if you're with them, they're gonna fuck other people up and not you. Uh, yeah. and b, you're gonna wind up at Shoney's. <laughs> like whereas i feel like 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 uh dynamite kid is one of those guys where like you make a noise like, what the fuck did you say to me and then <laughs> you're gonna have to go outside and fight you know him i'll be honest i watched this promo i can't tell that they're drunk this is the most lucid and coherent bulldog sounded and it's also tough to judge them being drunk because right after this they cut to jack tunney and jack <laughs> tunney is like the king of he perpetually sounds like He's completely fucking shit-faced. We're conducting an investigation to find this dog, and I will not rest. Like, 
there's so many drunks in this. Uh, and I will say uh, Billington sounded really convincing in his love of, he sounded more convincing of his love of Matilda than if you watch the dark side of the ring and the love for his family. Like he cared about this dog a hell of a lot because more than I his think, wife and kids. I think, Robert, I think it was a drug mule. He probably had a fucking stash hidden <laughs> in the dog. Where's my fucking dog? <laughs> so the dog didn't talk back to him. So I think that was what he liked. And that's why Jake gave it laxatives. Come on. <laughs> Shit gold. <laughs> hilarious all right folks let's get to uh our weekly dynamite recap dynamite or dud it was a dud for me this week but we'll break it down hour by hour our first hour was the mjf promo with wardlow kicking off the show the young bucks and kenny omega versus the seidel brothers and dante martin jurassic express uh christian cage elite segment right after that the malgai black vignette the Roads to the Top vignette, a Miro promo, Darby versus Danny Garcia, uh, Death Triangle backstage segment, uh, the uh, Best Friends, uh, w- including Wheeler, Utah, versus Private Party with Matt Hardy. Mike, what did you think of this first hour? I thought that this was, you know, there was some good moments. Um, I mean, it's funny because the, the commentators can't even find anything to say about Mike Seidel, like, when, when he's wrestling in the ring, they're still talking about Matt. You know, like, Matt's one of the best technical, you know, high flyers there is, but it's like Mike in the ring. Well, that's when you don't know a guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> but you know his brother, so you're just like, oh, man, the brother, the brother is Seidel, I tell you. Looking good you know, there, pal. The thing, you know, <laughs> but the thing that everyone was buzzing about in this is, you know, Dante Martin. Uh, looking like a fucking star at the end, uh, you know. Uh, he is incredible. He's absolutely. I, I, I will say one thing though, and and Scott, I know you're gonna you're gonna have a rebuttal, uh, but I wish I wish the V trigger wasn't kicked out of as much as it is. It's I not a finishing like move, huh? It's not a finishing move just because it looks awesome because he's that good doesn't mean it's a finishing move. Well, well hold on, Scott, because and I had this exact same note. I'm glad Mike brought this up. The V-trigger looks really impressive and should beat lower card guys. He's literally kneeing them in the head at very fast speed. There's no yeah, harm in establishing... Dante Martin over. Dante, yeah, but Dante Martin got... To, I thought this was fantastic and a great display of Dante Martin. I've been saying they should be using him a lot more, even with his brother being out. But the, the setup for this, if he was essentially down to three on one, the V-trigger was hit so many times on him when you're hitting a guy in the head, it's okay that he loses to the secondary move. The whole story of this was this kid was able to hang with the world champion and push him to his limit and scare Don Callis. That was all you really needed. The crowd bought into him. It was great. It felt like Jeff Hardy and the undertaker. He could have lost to the V trigger and it would have been okay. Cause at least you're reminding fans. Oh yeah. The world champion has a second finishing move. That's equally as deadly. Scott. Okay, I mean that's just like a side comment. Uh, that that's just like an eye wit. Like you know, that's like when you do when you do like roller toaster roller coaster tycoon. Like, are we reviewing a show or are we just like making up a show we wish happened? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah, it was fucking about, awesome. It I'm was sorry. Like, did you want it to just yeah, outright like, shit on the show as opposed to like well, hey, no, here's something they could do to no, that, no? That I just think sense. the criticism should make sense. Um, and, and so and so so you have this thing about 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 Dante. Uh, I mean, which was come amazing. On, the criticism makes sense, Scott. I mean, no, I agree with no, you on it. this. 
But I, I mean, they're, they're Who's he pinning with the V trigger. It's, it's, it, everybody What's does the harm that in giving also, him a second move? Well, everyone shouldn't do the same. If you have a finishing move, Dude, everyone not, shouldn't not do only, it. Look, not only this is how hot Dante Martin was in this match. They were so surprised by how how paranormal he was being, how out of this world he was being. Omega didn't even try to pin him after the fucking one-winged angel. He was like, let's kill this kid. This kid scares the shit out of me. Whatever this little fucking Miles Morales thing is going on here. This kid's special. It was awesome. It made him shine. Uh, everybody was talking about him. He's 20 years old. It's, uh, you know, it's this thing NXT is, is, it has failed to do. And now they're trying to hire... You know, guys only under 30 and we'll focus on them because AEW has like 20 guys uh, under 25 that could be huge stars. And you can put them over with guys over 30. And uh, wrestling is at its best when everybody is working together to make each other look good. And that's what this match was. Everybody looked awesome, including Mike Seidel. I thought Mike Seidel looked fucking awesome in this match too. Well, let me tell you what I didn't think was awesome. And that is that for the first match on AEW Rampage, we're getting an Impact World title match <laughs> with Christian. I, I, I wasn't excited about Christian and Kenny Omega at, at uh, All Out, but I reconciled it with, look, if you're going to have Punk on the card, who's going to follow up Punk in his first bat- match back in six or seven years? You know, you might as well give Kenny Omega Christian just because, you know, uh, clearly Christian's not going to go over. But I, I, you know, like, like, you know, I, I heard on the Observer today for free. I'm not, I don't, I don't subscribe to this the guy. How, how did you get it then? Dan? I just, did it you go to a YouTube. meeting after Dan? You, did you go to me a finish. meeting after you listened? Just let me finish. Let me finish. I only listen to it in the shower because my wife will not let me listen to Meltzer around her. Um, but um, he anyway. hides it in like that part of the toilet that you have to lift up. To... <laughs> he hides the observer in his dog. He rolls up a fucking wrestling observer. Yeah. He feeds it to his dog. <laughs> then he gives the dog laxatives and shits it out and goes, "Oh, that's what those bow rates are." <laughs> All right. Well, don't mind me. I'm just watching porn. I promise it's not the observer. Oh, my wife would much rather. My wife would much rather walk in on me watching porn than listening to the wrestling observer. <laughs> like, but why why is the guy in the porn going Tanahashi? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Look, all right, well, let me get to this. My, my point saying what the observer was saying, which I don't agree with, is they're like, well, you know, this makes the pay-per-view match mean more because you know Christian is gonna win and then it's either gonna be title versus title or it's gonna plant the seed in doubt that Kenny can lose. No, this it's this this is why it's bad. Like the first title that Kenny should lose is the AEW world title and he should lose it on an AEW program because that, that should precipitate him losing all the other titles that the most important title being lost, that should set the chain of events that, that starts this amazing losing streak that eventually is going to lead to him becoming a baby face and, and teaming up with hangman page again. I don't understand what you get by having him job to Christian. I just don't get it. Well, Stop. I, 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 agree. I, I do, I do agree with you. I mean, I, I yeah. think Kenny's first law should be to hangman, right? Um, well, or it, just it, an AEW on an AEW show no, for an no, AEW title. Oh, it needs, it needs to be hangman. It can't even be punk, honestly, in my eyes. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I can say is, okay, say Christian wins somehow. If it's like a straight up clean pin, what in the fuck? Right. But if he wins and he wins the impact title, uh, 
the 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 Kenny character needs to take a shift. He needs to go insane. It's not funny anymore. Uh, now he's a fucking killer. So when he does feud with whoever he's feuding next, whether it's Punk or Daniel Bryan, you have um, someone who isn't being silly. I love this silly character, but I'm saying if he I, loses I did to love Christian, the Jungle Boy riff that he had. Oh yeah, he's he's great at being silly, but. If he does lose, he's got to get crazy. And that's when he wins it back from Christian. You know, you put them both up at, at all in. It's this idea that, oh, it matters more, even though it fucking certainly doesn't. Uh, and you deal with that situation. What, what I think might be happening, look, I, I hope Kenny beats him tomorrow and then kills him and they don't fight it all out, right? I think that's everybody's dream, that they, like, massacre Christian tomorrow night. I did hear, though, that Impact is taping... Uh, a bunch of television uh, over the weekend and Omega is in Mexico all weekend. Oh no. So if, so if Christian Christian's is the winning, champ, dude. Christian's winning. Yeah. I think Christian might win. If, if Christian wins, uh, Kenny better motherfucking win it all out and Christian better win with some shenanigans. Uh, Cause otherwise clean, God damn, but, but we can't blame them ditching hangman. You heard, you heard hangman one at the time off, right? Oh, no, I didn't know that. that yeah, was and Hangman posted a thing, uh, you know, saying like, you know, thank you for everybody who like uh, respected his privacy. But anyone who didn't, you know, they could kiss his ass and he's coming back, whatever, like stronger than ever, whatever the hell. But um, yeah, he requested the time off because his wife is having the kid. And uh, but again, I mean, buddy, you, you know, you were a part of this big match, but I guess if this was the plan, this was the plan. What it seems like to me, because again, what you got later on is you find out MJF and Jericho is next week and not even at all out. And you start going, well, what the fuck is all out? And the only Dude, thing I this, could think, I mean, the only we'll get thing to I it in the think, second hour, man, but this yeah. fucking MJF Jericho thing needs to end. The, the, it, well, it is. Thank God. But, but, but also only- here's, here's what I want to know. If hangman is having a child, why is he not having it? on camera for his new show top of the page <laughs> <laughs> oh man mike mike is an assassin man waiting in the weeds and then just taking out <laughs> taking out the general um i i thought i also want to say was there a worse run-in than nyla rose's run-in during that best friends match like she barely pushed chris statlander and then chris sold it like she got like pile drove through a fucking table later in the night it, it was so bad. Yeah. But but one thing I want to say, because, you know, th- I, I think this week's episode was kind of cursed with, um, with, hey, one, we're expecting you to hint way more at Punk because it's in a week. Um, and we're expecting you to really build towards All Out. And it's just not what they're doing. Uh, I'm hoping there's a reason for that. And it does seem like it's Punk and maybe Brian or something. But it does feel like they are pushing everything forward to then give us something else. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I'm just curious and nervous about what it is. I'll say this. The, the something else is rampage. I mean, that's, you know, honestly, something else. Yes. The issue is so? that yeah. this, this episode, you know, of dynamite as I think this is a TV company first. Mm-hmm. They like and they should on be. pay-per-views. They we should like be. That's watching, where their money is. Yeah. We like watching wrestling pay-per-views, but you know, TNT gives them a shit ton of money and, they had to have a stacked card. They're also, you know, it's in Pittsburgh. I don't, I don't know if Rampage was already sold out yesterday, but, you know, they did a good sell job of the audience there of coming back. 
for sure. I mean, Britt sure. Baker was awesome, but we'll, Britt Baker we'll get to was that. phenomenal. Yeah. Se- second hour. Uh, Hold on, a, I, I, I watched oh, the first sorry, hour Robert. of this fucking show with notes. I'm gonna. Yes, let's do this. Yes, right, I want to hear this. Robert's thoughts on Danny Garcia. Since a week ago, I, I the only person that got to hear my thoughts on Dynamite were my kids. You guys who can't like, see it, but Robert care. has tears coming down his tree cheeks as he says this. I'm gonna be positive with stuff. I liked the opening thing with MJF and Wardlow with him eating the apple and setting up the whole, you know, Wardlow's going to disappoint when Wardlow's like, I'm going to get the job done. It's like really like you did with Cody. I, they may go MJF Wardlow at all out. They may pull the trigger on the Sean Diesel thing, which I hope they don't, but we'll see. I love the six man tag because I like that you were spotlighting Dante Martin. I had the V trigger note and also the disdain that Jim Ross had when they did the dive to the outside is my favorite thing in the world. And I think he's conditioning the audience to hate it because they did. They some of them booed when he did it. Like he's he's got a one man war to get people to hate that move. J- Poor- Jr. was really good. Jr. had the line of the night where he says the Young Bucks are the greatest tag team in the world. But sometimes I think they forget that. Which yes, which was which was awesome. It set up like it almost it it set up almost a bitch for them as to why um, Dante Martin did such a good job. Poor fucking Christian. He comes out there. The crowd's chanting for CM Punk. And now he has to challenge for the Impact title. This is like Andy Dufresne fighting to get back into Shawshank. Like this dude (laughs) fled Impact. And now they're going to saddle him with this. Though I will pray as much as I hate goofy Kenny Omega, him pausing to be like, were you guys saying no or oh was so good? That no, was I, I love I love Goofy Kenny, man. It was if, great. If, if it was like too cocky. It would just be Roman 2.0. So Danny Garcia, Sammy thing. I'm fine. Daniel Garcia. I got <laughs> notes on, though, because Mike brought it up. But I uh, this is what I don't understand. I, I get they did the six man tag last week with my boys ever rise. I love those guys. I'm so happy they're here. Um, you're setting Daniel Garcia up as this heel facing Darby Allen. But everything the announcer said about him makes him a total baby face. It's he wrestled six days, six of the last seven days in independent matches, including a 60 minute Ironman match against Utah. And he's recovering from breaking both of his legs in a car accident. How is this guy not a fucking inspirational baby face? But no, he's the heel hey, going up against Darby. Darby's uncle got too drunk on Christmas Eve. Yes, I remember also, that Christmas also- song. Danny Garcia looks like Murr from Impractical Joker. <laughs> it is hard to buy him as a physical threat. Uh, and I was super happy to see Wheeler Yuta. I, I've known him for years. I think he's wildly talented, and I hope he gets over. And as much, and maybe I'm I'm softening my old age. Some of the Orange Cassidy stuff in this match absolutely cracked me up. Mainly the climbing down to the lowest turnbuckle to do a dive, and then being upset that it wasn't the pin is so goofy and dumb and I really enjoyed it. Uh, And then the Nyla Chris Statlander thing made no sense because Nyla attacks her crowd doesn't really respond. And then they bring these women out later in the night for a match. So the audience already didn't give a shit about them. And now we have to watch them twice. Also like they're making like they, they, she goes, she bounces back and forth more than the big show. She was like a baby face two weeks ago. doesn't make any sense. Anyway, second hour, uh, what we have is an Andrade backstage program, a Santana and Ortiz package, Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander, a Young Bucks promo, Britt Baker and uh, Velvet Sky getting into it, which was really good for the Britt Baker. Red Red Velvet. Red Velvet. Sorry, not Velvet Sky. That's uh, just trying to stir it up. (laughs) Red Velvet would never fuck Bully Ray. Starks, (laughs) Starks and Cage package. Dark Order versus Gallows and Anderson, a Camille Brickhouse promo. Uh, this one, which we're going to spend some time on, the QT Marshall promo. 
uh, with the big show and Warlow versus Chris Jericho. I did not like this hour for a lot of reasons. Um, I guess I'm going to start out by just saying like, I don't know why they had this Santana Ortiz FTR match. And, and it's like, and the package itself was like, yes, yeah, Santana did a good job, but I don't know, man. This just like, I, I really feel like they jumped the shark with this thing. Like it was such a hot program and they had the match and the match was kind of abrupt. And then they like tried to make them heels. Cause they, cause uh, what's his name got injured, but, but also like they won the match. So that doesn't necessarily make sense. Uh, I, I just thought this, this hour was, was a total mess. I, I you know, it, it, the QT Marshall stuff with, with, with Paul white. I mean, we'll get into it. Um, without a doubt, the, 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 the saddest moment of the night was Wardlow uh, buckling on the gorilla press slam outside. And I realized I was like, well, Wardlow's picked up like heavier people. And then I realized like, no, it's because the way that Jericho's weight is all of Jericho's weight is in his tummy. It's just one gigantic medicine ball in his tummy. So it's impossible to like level somebody out that way. Uh, it's the tummy it, of Jericho. Suck it in, man. And, uh, and Gallows looks like a fuck cabbie in an early nineties comedy. I had that. <laughs> note too. Um, some respect to Jericho. He's in the middle of labors. <laughs> uh, Scott, what did you think of the second hour? I mean, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about it. Jericho, and it, it's just totally confirmed. I, I, I hate Jericho as a face. Jericho as a heel is the best. Has he ever had an awesome face run? As Lionheart, he was pretty good. Um, I, I him, was... him beating Triple H that one night when they when they did the fake, like he won the title, the crowd, he was the biggest baby face in the yeah. world at that moment. But he's not I mean, a great. No, you're right. He's I mean, not a great babyface. You know, I I know I know how much we enjoy. Like we love him as a heel to the point where it does feel like a babyface. Like, you know, that first year, maybe year of him in AEW was so fucking good, man. It's so like genuinely funny. How often would we text each other? Like, oh god damn, that was a funny segment that Jericho had while he was a heel, and 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 dude, these labors, yeah, they just they just aren't really doing it for me at, to the point where. I, 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 I'm not looking forward to watching MJF on, on the screen, you know, uh, which I guess is a bummer, but Hey, we're getting that match next week. And then let's see what comes from that. I, I don't know. Uh, I thought the match, I, look, I, I, I liked that Wardlow kicked out of Jericho um, out of the, uh, come on. What's it called boys? The elbow to the fucking face. Judas effect. The Judas no, effect. it's I the, always um... forget the name. Yeah. Yeah. He kicked out of the Judas effect. Didn't he? No, he didn't kick out. He he hit him, he hit him with a bat, and then Judas effect, and then he he did the Hogan thing with Warrior. Where right after the three count, he got up, but he he took the three. Oh, okay, okay. I thought there was a moment earlier where he kicked out at one. Um, well, yeah, Wardlow, thought... dude, Wardlow's a little bit like Lance Archer in that they they set him up as this monster and he beats everybody until you know he goes up against somebody form formidable like like Cody or Jericho, and then he always jobs. Yeah, yeah, the Cody thing was, I think, way more forgivable for some, just because that moment was so fucking insane. It just didn't matter that uh, that he lost. It, you know, it was wow. Cody had to kill himself to beat this guy, where this didn't feel like that as much. Even though it did feel like, oh, MJF fucked this up for everybody, and in the end, MJF is you know is the reason he has to face Jericho, not anybody else. It's MJF's fault, which I kind of like. Yeah, but, but Jericho still used a bat. 
so at least there's something. It's not like he just beat him clean. It was like he hit him with a weapon. Yeah, here's, yeah. Here, here's who fucked up this match for everybody. JR last week when he said that the stipulation was going to be MJF as the referee. Because that's a fascinating, how is our hero going to get out of it? It's very WWF Attitude Era, but yeah. Yeah, unwinnable situation. And then it's like, oh no, actually he's just coming to ringside, which is every AEW match. Everyone has someone accompany them to ringside. There's nothing fucking special about it. He gets sent to the back. It's like, it should be, I'm, I'm at ringside, but you can't send me to the fucking back. Because, yeah, then that's everybody. I mean, Orange Cassidy did it earlier in the night. Like, 10 guys did the same thing earlier in the night, and it wasn't a stipulation. It was just Yeah, and, and so I hated that, like, you know, he's setting up these labors so that, you know, the odds are in his favor, and then he gets thrown out. Like, it just was – was it supposed to be that, like, Jericho outsmarted him? I mean, I, I kind of see it, but yeah, the fact yeah. that it was, like – the ref throwing him out just made it seem stupid to me. Yeah. Well, let's uh, get to the meat on the bone of this of this hour. And that, my friends, is we were expecting a sincere apology from QT Marshall for pouring an energy drink on or a smoothie or muscle milk or some protein shake. Sorry, it took me the fourth try on Tony Giovanni's head. And instead, we did not get an apology, but an assault on Tony Giovanni's son, and then the entrance of Big Show and his new theme music, Come Meet the New Boss, same as the old boss. And uh, the possibility that it all out, we could see Big Show versus QT Marshall. Mike, what did you think of the segment? The unstoppable force versus the unwatchable object. <laughs> <laughs> um. This segment, I mean, oh boy, there's so much to unpack here. One, um, you can't work at AEW and be over 40 unless you have a child with dreams of wrestling. Um, <laughs> uh, once again, because I, I love, we've never known this. They've never said this, but they're like, oh, that's that's Tony's son. He aspires to be a wrestler. <laughs> Oh, he does? I thought he was the one person. I, I know his other son, who's like a really nice guy and a TV producer. So yeah, I, Rod, yeah, that I, guy's I mean, look, I don't, I don't know anything. I'm not going to say anything bad about this kid. But like, um, it's just that thing of like, like the Brock Anderson thing. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, there's Brock. And yeah, there's Hook. And, and now you have, to, it really is the take your kid to work day company, uh, including Shad and Tony. So there you go. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that, it's just, man, QT just has, like, negative charisma. Um, was it Nick Camarado looks like he's made, like, the Seinfeld puppy shirt but out of toilet paper? It's the weirdest <laughs> fucking outfit. It's Right? What is he wearing? <laughs> yeah, it's then, very mummy. Yeah, and then so- Sodlo or Sodlo. I mean, these guys suck. Um, and then the fact that <laughs> Paul White comes out, fuck. Paul White, and it takes him forever to come out. Then he's got Aaron Sudlo in the fucking choke slam for like a minute before he does it, which it's like. And then, then what I loved though was that his new theme music, Paul White's new theme music, is done by the same guy who sang his old WWF theme, which 
now when you just hear that voice in 2021, it just seems like like the Trey Parker parody of a rock star. You know, <laughs> well, I'm gonna take my bitch. <laughs> this was this was fucking um, embarrassingly is, is bad. QT able to make facial expressions. Like I was wondering, I, I don't think I've seen him make a facial expression yet. Remember, we were supposed to get Dan Lambert uh, and his rebuttal to Lance Archer, and instead we got QT and, and fucking Paul White, um, which they kind of feel like the same self-indulgent segment. But this was, uh, I mean, yeah, if it leads to QT in Big Show, I feel like that is a wrestle roast match that was yeah, made for us. I, I have a question. It, okay, Big Show has to have a match. Yeah. D- is it more, do you lean it towards more of a QT or more of a John Moxley? You know, like, who, where do you go? I, I actually think, think you do Kenny. Like, I know that sounds weird, but I think Kenny kills him, and that's Big Show's last match. Oh, oh yeah, sure. No, it's his last match for three months, and then he comes back. I, I, you I'll never just... watch Big Show's career. <laughs> this I, was yeah. the happiest I ever was that he left WWE. Because if he was there right now, they would be tempted to put him in there with Lashley. And instead, I'm getting Big Show and QT Marshall, which is <laughs> the dream of all dreams. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it is g- glorious. It it is an interesting thing where you go, oh God, you don't want the Big Show to to fucking beat up anybody here, you know, like it's degrading to the product or something or to the wrestler. And, and it would hurt a lot of people's value, you know? And then Tony Khan goes, well, what if the wrestler has no value at all? (laughs) And and everyone went, holy fucking shit. You're a genius, man. And it's QT versus Big Show. And I go like, dude, cause when he did the choke slam to that dude, I just went, yup. Like, there wasn't even a piece of me that was like, oh, that's a burial. And anybody else, it would have felt like a burial. Scott, but with this you got to think like, bigger, hell though. Yeah. You got to think bigger. This is going to be QT, Nick Camarado, and Alan, Aaron Solo against Big Show and the Shivanis. That is the only way to step this thing up even further. To, to that, that's going to be part of the buyout match. Definitely <laughs> through the pay-per-view if you want to get your money back and watch that match. Uh, yeah, I, it was. Uh, and, and also, can we just talk about like, dude, Andrade Bell to Bell is awesome, but he is a black hole of charisma backstage, dude. I don't fucking like, I don't know what the, like they keep giving him people and look, if he can't get a good match, if Pac can't get a good match out of him, we really have to start rethinking the whole Andrade push in AEW. Am I being too harsh here? Well, no. well we're, we're going to find out uh, what he's only had one match, right? With the Seidel and, 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 it, and Matt, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Matt was the star of the match, right? Yeah. Um, so you hope it's a rough night. Cause I, you know, obviously you've seen Andrade do great things. Uh, elsewhere, yeah. Uh, but we're gonna find out sooner because triple triple mania is this weekend, boys. Uh, it's Saturday, and Kenny's fighting uh, Andrade for the for the you know for the mega champion whatever title. Uh, and I think Andrade might win, so we're gonna find out how good he is Saturday. Now, here's here's the thing, right? If he if he does win, because they, they they did not mention that they do at not all. acknowledge oh. that title. No, 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 no. Yeah. They filmed something for it backstage, like at AEW, but yeah. it, it was only for AAA. It's on YouTube. Yeah. You could check it out. But yeah, I mean, Kenny, Ken, that's one of the belts Kenny walks around with. But I'm yes, saying, yes. like, 
if if Andrade does beat him, will they? Will that be a story on Dynamite? Yeah, it it seems like a like Good. like a like a belt they have much less control over. You know, yeah. where I think you know, okay, Andrade wasn't wasn't freed up a few months ago. Now he is. Okay, we're giving him the title. Fuck whatever ideas you had for this. You know, uh, and I get it. It's you know, it's the stickiness of working with uh, everybody. I guess. But yeah, it does, it does create a problem. If we're going to acknowledge, look, I loved seeing Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Utah on AEW this week and them acknowledging that they had a 60-man Ironman match that some people are calling match of the year. I love that. That's so fucking cool. So before- Well, we now, go- okay, are you going to acknowledge that Andrade beat your champion? Yeah, no. dude. I mean, like, yeah, before, yeah, Scott, just p- piggybacking on what you're saying here. So after this weekend, we're going to have Kenny lose the maybe, impact maybe. title to Christian- we're going to have him lose the AAA title to Andrade. Possibly. Which, which again, it's the perfect, which, how, how you recover from this, it's the cocktail of, okay, we got the fucking cleaner. You know, his, his eyes are fucking focused. He's going to murder dudes. Now. Yeah, but you're still like, it, it just, I don't know, it, 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 it makes your title look a little Mickey Mouse, doesn't for it? For sure, for sure. I mean, look, what, what, what I would hope, but again, Hangman's not around, is like the only way these guys win the title is from a Hangman distraction. Hangman shows up in Mexico. Now that's cool, you know? But any other way, it, it does seem kind of uh, deflating. You so know? you don't want the elite killer Frankie Kazarian showing up in Mexico <laughs> to help him? What sucks is I, I wouldn't feel mind, like actually. you need to heat up Omega <laughs> to the point where he's beyond intolerable so that when Punk comes back, if they have some sort of a verbal whatever, it works and it's fun because it's like, oh, you're the best in the world? Look at all these titles I have. I'm the guy that's made that I've made you irrelevant. Instead, it's like we need to weaken him in order to sell a match against Christian. Yeah, uh, and, I don't and, love that. I I I I I agree with you. Um, I I also think we're in this weird situation right now where since everything has been pushed forward, you know, sp- I, even more the MJF Jericho thing, where I go, okay, who the fuck is fighting Punk? Is it MJF now? Is it Omega if they take out Christian somehow? Uh, it, it, it's definitely making me watch. And dude, just because I'm an AEW fan does not mean I will be tuning in every Friday at ten. I'm watching that Saturday morning, like a like a like a 31 year old man is supposed to. You know, I'm trying I'm trying to be out Friday nights. But these things happen, and I go, man, how? You, yeah, you how got you? check spots to fill. Scott. Uh, exactly. I go, also, how, you how much? This sh- off? How I go, much how you shit are they? S- yeah. How much shit are they selling on this fucking show? Like, I watched this, like, Ron Propeel died. Rest in peace. I loved him. This felt like an infomercial of you have to tune in to watch Rampage. You have to tune in for All Out. You have to tune in for Impact. You have to tune in for the NWA pay-per-view. WWE does that a lot, too. WWE does it, but all they're doing is selling WWE stuff. This is selling me on your show, and also you need to watch Impact. Also, the NWA pay-per-view on Fight TV. Oh, dude, they did a whole women's promo it had nothing yeah. to do oh with and by the way for a company that has obviously. nothing but managers don't let this camille woman ever talk on tv again um she is not ready to she looks amazing not ready to deliver promos yet yeah. especially in a pre-tape someone had to have heard that and been like eh, maybe well, we don't kind of liked TV. it in a weird like southern queen sort of way but it was a little Jerry Springerish in the way she delivered it. Hey, 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 if Tony Khan's not overlooking Max Caster rats, he's definitely not overlooking Camille promos. <laughs> Leave Caster alone. Those poor My, guys. Yeah, I, we'll, I actually, we'll, I genuinely do feel bad for them. Of because, let's get well, let's to that. Go into before, it. before we get right to the there. worst, I'm sorry. What? 
I said this is this is someone's low point. I'm guessing that's what I was trying. Uh, to get yeah, to. no. Well, I wanted to start oh, out with it? high okay. spot. Mike, what was your high spot for this week? My high spot this week um, was the Suicide Squad. Fucking loved it. <laughs> really One good of movie. My favorite movies in years. And but but the tie into wrestling. I thought Cena was terrific. I thought that Cena um, in the press, as you know, showing up to premieres and different interviews as Peacemaker. I think him in the movie. I'm excited about the show. I think that man James Gunn knows how to take ruthless aggression era wrestlers and give them the roles of their lifetime. Um, this was just fucking made for Cena. I when I was watching him in this movie. I was thinking, why did we never see this version of him as a heel in the company? The well, I, 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 we, we did see that version of him in every other movie he's been in. But Pete, the Peacemaker character? Yeah, he's that character and everything. My but only it, problem is it, it just made me miss Homelander and the boys. Because I, yeah. I like the Homelander character a lot more. Cody will be back soon. <laughs> Scott, this was not his blockers character. Okay, this was not it Ferdinand was. the Bull. It, it is, yeah, it really it is. It's not, not the Experian thing. commercial. Watch, uh, what is what is the, the Amy Schumer uh, thing? Trainwreck, Trainwreck, where he played same, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, no, he was Dolph Ziggler idea. in that movie. Oh well, we know that, but um, yeah, <laughs> love you, Dolph. But, nuts. Okay, and even if he was, I know you don't think Batista's a good actor because you know you could have shitty opinions. No, I saw Batista act in a commercial and he did good in that, but I'm, I'm not. Gonna... <laughs> Drax to destroy the idea is you suck at this. Like that's literally the characters. Like you can barely speak like a person. How many? Dude, like he's really good at it's, Drax. It's I'm like this John him. Cena character. It's like, wait, you're good at like acting like a fucking like funny to seven year olds. That's what you're good at. John Cena stuck in this movie, and it's not because I was sitting next to a a, a seven year old that shouldn't have been there crying to his abuela. Okay. <laughs> It's not look, because the abuela should have took him home. That's this, not why look, I didn't Scott, enjoy the movie. The, the segment is high spot, not why your life sucks. Okay? John Cena sucks. <laughs> John Cena God, if, you, if you didn't like this fucking movie, movie wasn't good. It was a good movie. It wasn't. Dude, wrong, it was great. Dude, for, well, for James Gunn, it was not good. James Gunn did not knock it out of the park. Dude, it, I, I, I was even a close long, to a Guardians of Galaxy. Go watch no. your Wheeler, Yuta, and Batista. Garcia, dude, Batista Drax that. is way better, way better than Peacemaker. Like, th this is not a defining moment. This was, this is... Thinker. It's because we were too positive about Dynamite. He didn't have a chance to let the troll part of him out. And there's <laughs> yeah. a sect of our audience that lives for antagonistic Scott. And, and this I'm was never antagonistic. Moment. I'm always the voice of reason. You see, oh, you're such as, a heel. You're such a heel. I'm telling the truth. John Cena's not good in this movie. I'm sorry. I you didn't can't even see say it, guys, but Scott's wearing not. a satin jacket pointing to his brain signifying that he's a broadcast journalist i got a, i got a buddy who's a critic and and in a group text they were like everyone was like we really love this movie and he was like he's a, he's a, he he's a like, critic in a group text aren't we all critics in group no text? no no he's like no like like dude dude every movie that comes out it's his fucking quotes in it dude dude thinks this right it's it's fucking so so cheesy but i was like man everybody in my group chat loved this movie and then he was like man john cena stunk and i was like yup thanks ao scott chaplin it's funny because when when, when, when Scott when Scott so talks bad about when talk, Scott talks about AEW, it might as well be like a Kenny Omega starfish stuck to his Dude, you got, you got, I, I keep forgetting that I do a podcast with Make a Wish kids, <laughs> and that you're one of them. And this is still the high spot. Yeah, but I'm the, the one show, who wants right? to see Blink 182, dude. I don't want to meet John Cena. 
Shut up. All right. Uh, Mike, did you want to finish your thought? I love the movie and Scott is wrong on this. Uh, Mike has bad taste in everything. Can you let Mike finish? Can you let him finish? Uh, Jesus. Dan with the substitute teacher energy right now. No, no. I will leave a note for the real host. (laughs) Tell us about a great match seven people saw. Oh, did, did you see Scott's favorite match last week? It was two trees falling in the woods on each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike's favorite things can be found on all little boys' underwear. That's Mike's <laughs> favorite thing. It's whatever a seven-year-old boy's underwear is right now is Mike's favorite thing at the moment. Yeah. On right. I, love Spider- I love Spider-Man and urine. <laughs> all right scott you're going last uh robert what was your high spot this week oh god all right um these are three words i never thought i was going to say in my high spot but baron corbin tiktok uh i don't know if you guys saw this on wwe's tiktok it was trending on twitter they did a, a sad baron corbin uh tiktok video of him arriving at the arena being harassed by the security guys like i've known you for years like yeah you're not on this show him sneaking in to steal food and then him saying you know at least the money i get from this tiktok is going to help pay for stuff and like yeah we're not paying you for this and he's like i ruined my life for nothing (laughs) this is the greatest thing i never want to see him wrestle again i don't ever want to see him in a ring but just sad depressed uh Wrestle Rose Patreon uh, Baron Corbin is my all-time favorite thing. Yeah, I, 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 I love this gimmick. Scott, I love what that your Baron Corbin's character now is just how Vince sees all of the fired NXT guys. Well, I, I have now, a he's question. Tall. <laughs> Do you think, you, you know how Retribution was kind of this commentary on Antifa, maybe? I, I'm not even sure. But, and, and uh, who who's... Uh, the guy on NXT who he actually like put a bunch of stock in GameStop and actually made money. And that was Cameron kind of, Grimes. Yeah. And that's kind of his gimmick. Do you think uh, this is commentary on people like still making money, you know, like the idea that people are collecting unemployment right now. Like I know we, our opinion is not Vince's opinion on this, but do you think this is Vince's way of being like, he's not really poor. He has a job, but look, he's acting like such a bitch. Like all these people he's making money, but he's being a fucking baby when he needs to fucking tighten his bootstraps. Do you think it's commentary? Part of me thinks it's commentary. I kind of agree with you in the sense that they had him do the thing on SmackDown where he basically set up a GoFundMe. And there's a lot of wrestlers who set up GoFundMes all the time, even though in Vince's mind, it's like, well, you were a star for me. How do you not have millions of dollars? I have millions of dollars because of you. Um, But every week they, they keep adding to it more and more as to how his life has fallen apart. But I, I, yes, I think there, there's a little bit of this perverse joy. And I think we said this on something to sports entertainment with is he wrestled on raw and Vince's opinion of poor people now is when you're poor, you're suddenly physically deficient. Like he had <laughs> yeah, no he's energy. He's so weak as a poor guy. It, it, it's a great character though, man. It is a great character. It's like he equates poor with having cancer and that's what he's turned Baron Corbin into. Well, just um, imagine it, pal. If you're, you're, you're sick. And you can only get one steak wrap a day. Your body's going to fall apart. Um, Before we get to Scott's high spot, because I said his would be last. uh, I have two high spots, one of which, though, I kind of brought up before. I actually watched the full stardom match between Utami and Siori. It may be my favorite match of the year. Robert, Scott, have you seen it yet? No, no, no. I emailed it to me. I will watch it. Yeah, you got to watch it. It's awesome. 
Um, and also this Edge and Seth Rollins program on SmackDown is fantastic. Seth, they finally figured out Seth again. Um, the story is great. They're they're referencing the past, which WWE sometimes doesn't do to their detriment. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this match. And so far, it's the only non-championship match at SummerSlam, and it's and I, and I think it's got a good shot of being match of the night. And oh, you know, yeah, for I'm me, good. it's it's kind of like you know, like for me, they were like, how can you like, like? I wasn't as excited about Edge and Seth, but I was super excited about Cena and Roman. And they've kind of botched a little bit of the Cena Roman story. Not totally. I'm still really looking forward to that match. But I've gotten so much more interested by the by the Seth and Edge match. Um, I, I can't wait to see him tear it up at SummerSlam. No, but you're right. They, they botched the Cena Roman thing just because when you added Finn Balor and teased Finn versus Roman and then took it away, the audience was 100% behind John Cena. Now there's a section of the audience that remembers, oh, yeah, we hate John Cena because you guys weren't pushing who we think is more deserving. So you've muddied the water when you really didn't need to. It was a very yeah. easy, straight up story. And now Finn just looks stupid. Uh, Scott, what was your high spot this week? John Cena did this hilarious interview on Jimmy Kimmel. No, I'm lying. Uh, it was actually Finn Balor, man. That moment Finn Balor had where he just snapped on, uh, on Reigns and, and pointed the fucking guns at him. It felt big, man. And you're right. What, what, what you're saying where there's part of this crowd now, I think it's because of that moment that he looked like such a star that, that you want to see him almost interfere in the match and just beat the shit out of both of them and just go full heel. I think this is, this is Finn going heel, hopefully fighting. I mean, if Cena wants to stick around or do dates, you know, at, at some other point, I hope Finn fights Cena, uh, a heel Finn, because However short it was, you know, it was like 45 seconds of like electricity, but it was awesome. It's legitimately my highlight of the week is Finn Balor having like a full minute of being the top guy. It, it was insane. Well, Scott, let's say on you, what's your low spot of the week? Ooh, you know, the, the Max Caster hate is, is a low spot for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's, he's, he's a wrestling heel, dude. Charlotte said some shit on Raw. And people complained, and they shouldn't have complained either. It's like, it's like complaining about a a, a roast joke. Uh, there there is a context to what he's doing, and okay, did I don't even necessarily know what he said. I mean, if 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 it's a rape joke, yeah, I, I, I watched weird, the video last. It's even less offensive than you think it is. Like, yeah, when when you watch it, it's it's not even like if you compare it back to what Cena used to cut when he was when he was word life stuff. It's so crazy, and I think it's. So fucking shitty of Tony Khan to throw this kid under the bus. Well, did he throw him under the bus though? Yes, absolutely. Yes. He said he yeah. said that the promo was disgusting. You know, he he totally threw him under the bus. And oh, apparently, okay. Tony apparently, took the blame himself by saying, "I'm really busy with everything else. I used to oversee editing this show. I didn't, and that's why this got on." Oh, okay, okay. It was just, it was just so, it was so awful. The whole, his, his whole reaction to it. I mean, Tony just comes off like such a worm during this whole thing. It's corny. It's very yeah, corny. It, it's and, really and shitty. And it, you don't have the boys back when you, when you do that, especially like with the, sh like you've given, <laughs> trust me, you've given a lot of people in your company passes over shit. Okay. Like this should, this should have been the ultimate pass. Well, and also you gotta, you gotta do these passes for the other big, I mean, dude, 
you know, people fuck up in life. So like so far, AEW is such a young company that that a lot of these things, it's like, oh, in the past, this person did this and you try to finagle your way out of it. And then this Max Caster thing is a non-issue. But when someone does fuck up, like what what do you do? Like, are, are you going to fire people or is there is there a level of forgiveness and figuring shit out? Or I don't know. Just, We're going to fire. Are you just going to adhere to Twitter every uh, every second of the day and pretend that that's reality and pretend that people actually think it's offensive when you make a Simone Biles joke instead of going, oh, okay. And what's even dumber about this is this thing happened. Tony said his piece. They had a match set for this week and then they subsequently pulled the match, which means they decided to continue to punish this guy rather than have a clear message and go forward. But from what I heard, it, it, it was less of a punishment and more of a, you were going to get more heat this week. If we put you on, Let's take you off, cool you off. You know, it's 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 not a suspension. Like Sammy got a suspension, right? For something I also don't think he should have been suspended for. He should have just okay. You're a company. You make a guy apologize. So whatever. You know, you are a company. But uh, but give the guy parameters of what he's. If you give somebody carte blanche and just say say whatever you need to say in order to get heat, and he goes out there and does it, and you blame him for it. That's the part that really is frustrating. You know, say whatever you want about Vince and there's plenty to say. He does quality control in the sense of no one's going out there and saying something that he's not aware of what it is. And on the rare instances where somebody steps out of line, you know, it's immediately dealt with. Max Caster has said a lot of incendiary things. He said a lot of shitty things about the other wrestlers. It's funny. It works with the character. He's saying something that was timely. Michael Che got destroyed online because he said, I made, you know, he went to a comedy club and told some jokes about Simone Biles. And he admitted, this is terrible, but this is what I do. I just want to get this out of my system. I know it's awful because that's sort of the way that comedy is. Sometimes you're tackling a very difficult issue in a certain way to let Max Caster go out there and, and do this. And then it makes air. And then subsequently you have to step back because of the outrage and then say, well, had I seen this, this never would have happened. It was handled pretty poorly across the board. And now you're putting, you know, this kid in a really lousy position where he is hung out to dry. It's this is an unfortunate situation. He'll learn. Stands with Max Caster. <laughs> yeah, I hope the um, I'm are not harsher. standing. I'm pretty comfortable sitting. Right well, now. I, I, I'd like to say uh, my, my piece on this, which is that. Yeah. You know, yeah, every um, show that isn't live has some kind of vetting process. Um, I mean, the fact that, like, look, we say stupid shit on this show. We, you know, we, we, we've cut stuff from this show because we say it and then we're like, oh, fuck. Um, well, you never hear from fair, It was mostly because it was unfunny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, uh, for some reason, my whole roast set was shown this week. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but I think that the, the big issue here is that, yeah, Tony being the guy who's like, yeah, I guess I'll have to, the way that he said it, like fucking Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh, I guess I'll have to watch the tapes now. Like, why don't you already have somebody doing that? Like, you, if you have all of these fucking wrestlers and agents and stuff, like, there should be somebody who just watches the thing and, you know, and you should already have a list of things that you see as red flags. Like if you, it is his company. If he doesn't want people making mental health jokes, if he doesn't want people making sexual assault jokes, that's fine. It's his company, but you have to enforce that in the first place. And yeah, to say it was terrible 
and all of that. They were the number two ranked tag team. Now they're not at all in the rankings, I think. It's just well, – That's some, insane if that's true, yeah. At some point, I feel like, you know, we love this company um, a lot of times because it's different and that it isn't the same and all of that. But at the end of the day, it, it's, you know – and this is a YouTube show, but still, you got to have quality control. Um, and, and and I really mean that when I say Anthony Bowen should not have worn that beret. Um, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was – I, I showed the video to Mike that Mike's first reaction was, this beret is more offensive than the rat. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing, I mean, because, you know, the reality is – and look, like, R- Robert, you – you tweet every week, you know, we've, you know, done stand up. You have to keep topping yourself. You have to keep coming up with new shit. That's Caster's gimmick. He's gonna, he, this was going to happen at some point, especially if there never was a vetting process. And so, I mean, there's yeah, also I, an equation to, to so much of these things, especially like, okay, you're walking down the aisle rapping. One of the things he's doing is going, what's going on this week. That's a current event. And he's going, oh, Simone Biles dropped out. Well, I'm not a quitter. Like, it's it's such an easy, like, he's not actually feeling this way. It's you're no. trying to fucking no. make connections based on current events. And the problem is nobody's allowed to talk about current events in, in a manner that's not at all serious or stern uh, without getting not even a real lashing. Again, a fake lashing from Twitter, which is not real at all. Uh, and, and you're just making it real by, by creating. Um, yeah. Yeah, on, on Raw, when Charlotte when Charlotte mentioned Simone Biles, you could hear an entire arena of people's assholes pucker at once. And yeah. it wasn't even like a negative thing that she ultimately wound up saying about her. It was just you said the name. And you're like, oh, fuck. Well, because ultimately, you mm-hmm. know, entertainers, provocateurs like despise anything being held sacred. And when you take, um, you know, even a 21 year old athlete and you say that they're off limits. If you take anything and say that it's off limits, there's going to be people whose instinct is, well, fuck that. And, and, and sometimes, you know, that's, that's fine. Especially this character. I also think it sets a bad precedent in the sense that there aren't that many people in this company that have personalities. Like, look, man, Dante Martin's great in the fucking ring. Don't put a microphone near the guy. Like, and so now you're having these dudes who, want to discover themselves want to be able to come up with characters and gimmicks and they're going to feel limited and that sucks you know it's like tony always wins over wrestling fans by saying how much he loves ecw uh did you listen to any of the promos mr khan (laughs) have you heard of dudley boys work the crowd promo dude what was that it was that that was the heat wave incident where the dudley boys Tell the girl, do you suck your father's cock? <laughs> it was crazy. All right, well, guys, we're we're, we're running too uh, we're running too long. Robert, what was your low spot this week? The wink. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna pile on and, and be. That's my low spot too. Then, I mean, I I showed that wink, and you'll say your piece. I showed that wink to my wife, and her pussy disappeared. Like it. <laughs> It turned into like the sands of time, and but like, it made the same you know, noise. The same. You know, noise. 
You know, you know, in Spider Man Three, and, and, Thomas Hayden and, Church, and, and Scott, there's also a dew drop. <laughs> you know, in, you know, in Spider Man Three, when Thomas Hayden Church turns into stand and like goes into the wind, that's what happens to my wife's pussy when I showed her the Lily Wink. It was, I mean, she was. It was. She just goes, stop, stop, put it away from me. It was. Uh, astonishing robert what did you think of this you know when spider-man 3 when toby mcguire starts dancing down the street and you realize i've dedicated my life to something that i never should have enjoyed that was what i felt on raw when i watched a doll wink during a match and that was what led to the finish uh, we talked about this on the something in sports entertainment with there's a lot more in depth but i think the one point that i will make on it here is we said this here i don't know who this appeals to Children are not watching Raw at 10 o'clock at night for a dewdrop Alexa Bliss match. Adults that are watching this and see this are not going to feel good about their choice of watching Raw. <laughs> this served no master whatsoever other than the fact that someone has convinced Vince this is peak entertainment. And, and God bless you, whoever it is that's doing this for their own sick, fucked up enjoyment. And the worst thing I feel bad hey, for Bruce. is... Yeah, hey Bruce. Someone in or in their gra- I was going to say ours, sorry, their graphics department had to spend hours animating a winking doll and then edit it into this shot. The amount of time and effort that went into this versus the amount of time and effort that went into booking a coherent show is completely disproportionate. Mike, uh, what was your love spot this week? Um, well, quick, you know, uh, the Bobby Eden passing away is very sad. I know we didn't. Uh, really reflect on that before um, and listening to Cornette talk about him on his podcast was, it was it was, it was uh, real sad know. man it was touching yeah. I thought but it was yeah, very I, I, I recommend everybody listen to it yeah yeah I mean you know we make fun of Cornette but we love you know I, I, I love Cornette and it's like you could see what that guy meant to him and and what he meant to a lot of people in the business and and the power of Vince. If you didn't work for Vince, you're not as known. Um, Which is why I'm surprised with AEW, they didn't have Arn tape something. Considering how much Arn loves Bobby Eaton and they were a tag team and they were very close friends, you have him on your rock. You should have just done a quick little thing. It could have been Arn, Tony, and JR just doing a quick video package and acknowledging the past that you know Vince isn't going to and using your legends. Yeah, they did the opening graphic, and I thought that was... The graphic was nice. Well, I heard Max Caster had a rap band about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, that's our show this week. Oh, Um, we had to do Twitter questions really Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Go for it. I'm sorry. My other other thing, and I won't go into I know we have to go, uh, is uh, the NXT stuff. The fucking dismantling. Oh, oh. yeah, guys, we got to talk about this. People want to people want to hear about this. I think. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 have, I asked. I have I asked mixed our, feelings about it. But Mike, same, same. I asked our fans. Well, you know, we can we can wait on it a little bit in the sense that it feels like it's still developing news. Like, right? You're like, right. It hasn't happened yet, right? I mean, Triple yeah. H has. You know, Triple H has like an NXT Takeover conference call that has to happen. I think this week. Yeah. Which is going to be fantastic, dude. That guy. I mean, I think he may just go back into bodybuilding. Like, <laughs> at this point, I like, think he I, might. I think he might go back into a French accent. <laughs> dude, what um, if he just became Curtis Helmsley because of this? It's time for chaperone part two. <laughs> oh man, he's Lafitte. Uh, the agony of Lafitte. Okay, Twitter question of the week: What was the one thing Vince liked about NXT at Show Off 1984? He liked that shows were in fact. Longer than Batista's dick. 
<laughs> At Nitman returns the salaries that they were paid. <laughs> At Huskers 88, what every father looks forward to, to be able to look your daughter in the eye and say, I told you he isn't as smart as me and you married a loser. <laughs> At Dave Carafel, Vince is a fan of the three-letter names, WWF, WWE, HGH, PED, KKK, NDA. <laughs> At Chom1, AK, the Hooters in Orlando. At the fake Lou Hair, that Jordan Miles t-shirt. <laughs> At 655-321-King, it allowed talent to develop to the point where they could main event, main event. <laughs> At Jerry, but casual, NXT created a multi-level marketing scheme to get people to donate to Linda's Super PAC. <laughs> and Christopher W227, Adam Cole, May Bay. <laughs> at uh, Yarenzophone, all them fresh young organs, kidneys for days. Who needs a liver? Lungs, lungs for sale. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Yeah. You delivered that perfectly. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Otis. We got a big show next week. We're going to be doing the Roast of the Rock. With it, this is really exciting. K. Trevor Wilson's going to be on, um, which is which is awesome. Uh, Mike, the year that Mike won roast battle, uh, K. Trevor Wilson was was second. So the first and best roasters in the world are going to be on. And star of Letter Kenny. Um, oh, that's okay. right. Squirrely Dan. He he he. I won the roast battle. He won the roast war. <laughs> and he's going to be uh, a judge on, on the podcast. Uh, I'm a permanent host. I think he's judging on the Canadian roast battle. I, I saw that online. He's going to be a judge on the first season of that. So yeah, he, that's awesome. he's fantastic. Um, he's a, he's a, a show in hell. Uh, we're going to, or ain't that swell. We're, we're going to debate whether or not this is your life was good. Dynamite or dud. We're going to be doing SummerSlam predictions. And as always high spot, low spot, please subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to our Patreon. We got world's uh, wrestling wrestling's dumbest crimes. That's coming out this Monday. Going to be a fantastic episode. You get a bunch of different bonus uh, roasts, including Meltzer, CM Punk, Teddy Hart, Jim Cornette. Uh, it's, it's a blast. It's it's one of the it's one of the best deals that you can get. And something to sports entertainment. If you want to pay ten dollars a month, you are for sure getting an extra four episodes a month on top of the three or four episodes you're getting as a Patreon. Uh, please uh, join our YouTube channel. Join our Facebook group. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, man, we love you guys. What do you guys got? Scott? Uh, Scott underscore Chaplin on Twitter and Instagram and the wrestle roast Patreon and the wrestle roast Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm active on it often enough. Yeah. Robert. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWE creative underscore ISH. Uh, the, uh, wrestle roast shirt designs, uh, are being finalized now. They look awesome. They're, they're I think they're going to be really popular. And uh, Scott, this is on behalf of the WrestleRoast Facebook group. They're desperate for you to join because it's quickly turned into the Scott Chaplin fan club. <laughs> uh, you are, yeah, you're super over on there. And, and you don't understand saying, if I, if I log on to Facebook, I have to face uh, the ghost of my aunt. <laughs> she's in the group and she misses you all right i'll consider no I'm, i'll join right now actually let's do this mike yeah uh the, the facebook group the twitter and uh and i am at uh mike lawrence comedy on instagram 
And Zach. Wash your hands. You know, have you noticed that because Zach hasn't been here the last couple of weeks, the Delta variant went went through the roof and it's because he hasn't been saying wash your hands. He wanted to solidify his place on the show. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next week.